Hello everyone, how are we all doing? My name is Kyle Andrews and welcome to the first Halftime Talk, a new series on the Mental Wellbeing podcast where we'll be having shorter conversations on mental health and football with individuals from outside the professional game. Football's complex relationship with mental health extends beyond the professional game. Very simply, the game can make people feel the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but digging more deeply, it brings people together and allows an escape from the struggles of everyday life. But on the other hand, there are some elements of it that can exclude and frustrate. In today's episode, we're looking at a project that aims to be very much inclusive. Tim Allen from Mental Health United will talk us through a project that aims to provide a safe space for those with mental health struggles to play football. It's a fantastic initiative that Tim has big hopes for. Let's have a listen. I'm really pleased to be joined by my guest, Tim Allen. Tim, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Really pleased to speak, be speaking to you. It's fantastic what you're doing, and listeners will learn a little bit more, a little bit more about what you're doing now. Um, but, but before we get into that, can you just explain uh, a little bit about yourself, who you are, um, what you do, uh, any other sort of interesting insights about yourself that you think people want to hear about? Yes. So, uh, as you said, I'm Tim Allen, and I'm the founder of Mental Health United. Um, we are building a, cha- a, a charity community football club um, down here in Brighton. Um, that's not my day job, unfortunately. I can't get paid to do that and during the day. I work as a digital marketer. But yeah, Mental Health United has been something which I've been building during lockdown. And in terms of my involvement in that, like, it's kind of all-encompassing at the moment. So building the community, running advertising, comms, social media, etc. And just trying to spread the word and get started. It's very evident then that your passions are mental health and football and they've, they've combined together nicely for this project uh, yeah. before we get onto that in more detail this is a question that I ask everyone who comes to this podcast no matter how big no matter how small they are it's something that trips a lot of people up but it's a really interesting question because there's always a different answer so here it is what does the phrase mental health mean to you first of all I think me- mental health at the moment has this connotation of someone has a mental health issue or something like whether that be depression anxiety like any kind of label the reality in my opinion I feel that everyone has mental health um it's just whether you're at a good place with your mental health or a bad place or somewhere in between and we're all on a sliding scale and for me that good or bad mental health is just how well someone can cope with the bumps in the road that life throws at us or the day-to-day things that some of us might find very normal and be able to get over like i don't know running out of milk or whatever you want versus like but for someone else who's having real trouble with their mental health that could be the worst thing that's going on in their life and that can be the first trigger that sends them on a downward spiral so yeah i think there's a whole sliding scale and we yeah. all suffer from it it's just how well we're coping yeah i don't think that, that's not too different to what my definition of it is or what my understanding of it is um and i think it is really important that we normalize it that we do see it as that that spectrum of things and not just something that we talk about when it's bad but something that we we think about in our day-to-day lives and something that in the same way that we think about physical health you're not just either physically unwell or physically well there are different aspects done different elements to it and a different different areas along the scale so yeah i think that the normalizing aspect is something that's definitely part of my understanding of it um so we'll just move on then to what mental health united is um as you mentioned that's the the, the uh project that you're running um so just want to give a, a um a quick overview of it um and uh, we'll go from there yes yeah, so um as i said it 
it was originally an idea that I had. Um, I was living in Kent maybe like a year and a half ago, and I moved moved down to Brighton and was looking for a football team and couldn't really find anything which was such a great fit. So I thought, hey, let's build this community football project um, where we're going to try and raise awareness of mental health and like through the power of football. So really what I'm looking to do is gathering like-minded people who have come into contact with mental health issues, whether that either be themselves or like maybe they have a partner who suffers from mental health, depression, anxiety, and essentially try to offer a bit of an extended support network. Like I'm, I'm not a counsellor, no one in the club is a counsellor, but what we want to do is show them that there are other people going through this and that's been one of the reactions I've seen. And if they do need help, show them some signposts of where are the resources, where are the things that, that can help them. So I, I think it's fair to say that your, your 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 motivations for doing this is kind of having a, a look around and seeing that there are people that are, are struggling but would like to find a way out of their predicament by getting involved in football. Um, so it's very much a, a selfless thing that you're doing. Yeah, and w- one of the things that I, I came to realise as I've started this project was I play for Sunday League team at the moment and as soon as I announced that, took the leap of faith and announced this project to the public like the number of people who I already knew who were like, hey, I'm, I, I suffer from, from that kind of thing. And I've had like a mental health crisis myself and needed support. And I was like, wow, when I see you at training or meet you in the street, like perfectly, there's that front that all of us put on. And I was like, wow, this person is suffering from this. And all of a sudden it made me think, okay, there's, there's, something, there's something with this. Yeah, I think particularly in kind of the, the football environment, in it is quite a masculine environment and there's no getting away from the fact that being open about your emotions and your feelings doesn't quite fit along with the uh, the masculine identity um mm-hmm. so i think then in a, in a dressing room at, at professional level at grassroots level it is an environment where being open and honest about feelings it is so difficult to do and not something that's sort of on the on the agenda it's not a environment that uh, accommodates it well so i think what I really want to ask with that in mind is that have you sort of found whether from other people's experiences or your own that it's it's difficult to um, engage with with football clubs if you do have mental health problems because you, you feel like you've got a, a barrier in your way that, that stops you from being who you really are because you're entering this kind of masculine environment and being in a, a you know a, a dressing room in a team environment where it mm. might not be quite right for you to be free and be open and you've got to feel like you've got to be someone you're really not. Is that something that kind of you feel exists? I think, so I can't talk on behalf of Mental Health United at the moment because we haven't even kicked the ball. Like That's obviously where we're working towards. But in my own Sunday League team, I, I think at grassroots, it's potentially slightly different because you turn up, you play, like maybe a bit of pub chat after. But I do suspect, I know I know from when I was trying to join a new team, there are those anxieties of like, okay, I'm going to go to my first training session and I don't know anyone. Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be, am I going to be good enough even at this level? Which it's like, come on, anyone should be able to go down the park and, and kick a ball. But I think, I think we're making progress, but at football level, but ultimately it comes down, particularly at grassroots, I think it's the society level. We've seen in the press, 
recently that there's still this stigma i'm not going to mention names but there's been a fairly famous case which is just kind of rolled over of people accusing other people of how they're feeling so there's a society problem and then i think i'm hoping that clubs like this will make the joining a bit easier late i'll talk more about the project in a in a bit but just come down play football don't worry about it being exclusive in any kind of way i just what I want to try and create is a bit of a community where everyone has a bit of empathy and everyone understands that people have other things going on outside of football. I think in a way you're, as you said, there's no, there's not necessarily an exclusivity to it, but your sort of your target audience, for what you're doing is possibly those who do want to engage in football, do see that playing football will have a positive mental health effect on them, but might feel uncomfortable going into a team where, that doesn't explicitly in the way that Mental Health United does provide an environment where there's an understanding that you can feel how you want to feel and there is a, a supportive network element to it. Those are sort of people that you're, you're trying to reach out to. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think at Sunday league level, Saturday league, like lower, lower league level, grassroots level, you never know what club, kind of club you're joining, or like what that type of what the collective group of lads are going to be like. Have they all been school friends for the last 15 years? And there's this tight-knit bond that you can never break. Is the manager actually, even at Sunday League level, quite an aggressive manager who will hammer you? Is he supportive and will pick you up? Because that's what we see with, with mental health. Like your confidence can be massively affected like just by being benched or something like that. Those things still exist at this level. Yeah, I think speaking from my own experience is with not just with football, but anything that's a, a group situation, when you do go into those situations, when you do have your own mental health problems, it becomes so much easier when it's made explicitly clear that it's a, a comfortable environment that accepts those mental health issues, that welcomes conversation, and you're not entering it fearing what the repercussions might be if you express your emotions in some way, or that it's going to be an environment where, you know, use the example there of the manager, the manager's going to hammer you, where, you know, you're going to be, that it's going to be a ruthless environment. Just having those things sort of signposted before you go in is uh, really beneficial to, to people that may, enter, may find entering group situations difficult because of that unknown anxiety feeling. So just really um, what I wanted to ask next was in the months ahead, we may be breaking free of lockdown finally. There may be a degree of normality approaching and mm-hmm. at the very least we might be able to play football a bit more. Um, so just wanted to ask in the short term, I mean, obviously you, it's becoming apparent that you, your long-term goal is to create a, a community football club that supports individuals that may be going through difficult situations. But just in the short term over the, the months ahead, what are, you, what are you hoping to do? Like you said, first of all, um, kick a ball. That would be great. Um, <laughs> this, has been, this has been an idea that's spun around in my head for a while and it's been a bit like opening Pandora's box. I didn't like slight diversion from the question um but as soon as i started digging into this i realized how many teams there are like this across the country that there's just no coverage for or like until you move into that community you don't realize it exists and they've been excellent at offering advice and giving signposts signposting to me in terms of establishing this but um for mental health united have our first session kick a ball get people down there We're chatting to the Sussex FA, who are helping us achieve um, the FA Just Play status, which is a small bursary fund 
um, a couple of hundred pounds um, and they send um, a small amount of kit, so balls, bibs, etc. And that will be huge. Progressing from there, becoming an FA affiliate, that will allow us to play not quite sanctioned games isn't the right word, but it, it creates a safer environment for us to be running football matches in terms of insurance, etc spreading the word about what we're doing so currently we have a facebook group which is around about 50 people we'd like to grow that to 100 so we can host uh, my initial plan is that our sessions will be six or seven aside but can we grow that to where there's a weekly 11 aside which is just a kick about between 22 guys that would be amazing to continue to grow and in order to enable us to do that we're going to probably need to secure some more sponsorship or funding. And so at the moment for myself, it's exploring what, what those avenues are and, and how we can partner with other people to make this a stronger project in the Brighton area. I think you mentioned there about, um, was it connecting with the Sussex FA, just sort of thinking about all the uh, the, the county FAs in general. It would be nice if, if projects like yours, there was a specific sort of focus on supporting them, even if not necessarily necessarily clubs but if they were there was a focus on putting that kind of message across within league making that the leagues have those kind of ideals as part of their their philosophies and the way they go about things making sure that the people that are are coaching among the leagues and, and that those sort of things are are signed up to these ideals and making sure that the leagues and individual clubs in those leagues are not creating an environment that's that's overwhelming for people um mm-hmm. but just thinking specifically about about the clubs uh, what sort of, of help do you think that that local FAs could provide to to clubs like yours? What, what would you what would you like to see beyond the sort of things that you've mentioned there? Yeah. So as I said, it's been very early days of me working with the FA on this. I only started this back in December, and we haven't managed to kick a ball yet. But um, the FA actually reached out to me, which was amazing. Like before, I reached out to them. Like so that they are actively looking for the, this type of project. I did my I did my FA level one a couple of years ago, and I there is some integration into that. Like they talk about grassroots, like youth football in particular is mainly the focus there. And that certainly on the course that I went, they were talking about if a player turns up to a session and like there's a young player and he's angry, he's having a tough day, he's lashing out at training, he's being quite verbal, like trying to think about what are the triggers to that for that player, like does he actually live in quite a deprived area and he's had to get three buses where like someone has has threatened him on one of the buses and he hasn't had food before he's arrived there. So there is kind of that, that sort of level. I think one of the other ideas that I've kind of thought about, and I don't know what the FA offer at the moment, so apologies if there is something in place is as part of your coaching badges, you have to make sure that your, your physical first aid is up to date, like you have to go through those courses. And I guess, I would like to see some kind of equivalent of that. So um, I've been partnering with a charity here in Brighton called Grassroots, and they offer a couple of training courses which are titled Mental Health Awareness and um, Suicide Prevention. And I went on one of those courses and it just talked a little bit about more like the signs to look for, how to be supportive for that type of person. And we're not talking about making coaches be psychologists or therapists but unfortunately when you become a coach you sign up for some of those things like you will have the player come to you saying actually life is pretty tough or I'm struggling financially or like it's weird when you move into that coach position you open up to a whole different world of what people will say to you 
Yeah, and I think that regardless of what level you're, you're at, the coach is the sort of the, the authority figure where, you know, there is a, the relationship of a higher and lower figure. Um, and I think it would be, as you kind of said there, it would be nice if there was, I, I'm not, I, I know that towards the, the, the senior end, the sort of the A licenses and the pro licenses, there is a consideration towards mental health within them. Uh, not quite sure towards the, the the level ones, level twos, level what what consideration there is there, but it would be nice if if players knew that they were being coached by someone who had some degree of understanding and some degree of education um, about mental health awareness, so they didn't feel that you know if they did feel they had a problem, they they could openly talk with this person. Uh, and like you said, I don't think it needs to be. It doesn't need to be counselling at all. I don't think you need to be a counsellor to be to be kind. You just need to be kind to be kind, and just to have a, mm-hmm. an understanding of of how you can talk to someone about a situation, how you can support them. And as you kind of referenced before, if you can't directly support them, signpost them which way to go so they can get the support they need. So, yeah, I think that it's happening a little bit more and definitely in the professional game, but throughout the game, people that are in positions of authority do need to have a bit more understanding of, of mental health support and a bit more understanding of how they can communicate with people in a way that, that, that supports them. Obviously, we're in this conversation and this is because we're talking about you're talking to people about this frequently. I'm thinking about this frequently and talking to people about that. And we live in a bubble. But it's um, it's what about the coaches who don't necessarily live in this bubble? What about those who aren't thinking about it? And they're the ones that the FA have to reach. Like, as I said, once I've started digging, I'm like, oh, that actually there is a ton of resource and people thinking about this out there. But if you're, it's what do you do for those people who aren't looking for it? Yeah, yeah, it, it's you're right in that because you know I, my a lot of my time and my is dedicated to this, and a lot of my thinking is dedicated to thinking about mental health and combining that with things about football. Um, and you do kind of get yourself into this 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 thought, and you forget that other people don't think like that, and you forget that other people are kind of very not necessarily anti it, but struggle to engage with it and struggle mm-hmm. to kind of adapt mental health considerations to the way they act and to the way they behave and to the way they think. And particularly as we've kind of referenced before in the, in the masculine environment of football, it, it's something that can be very easily ignored, very easily downplayed. So I think you're right there in saying that you'll want to be directly reaching out to those people and ensuring that, that those that, that may be a little bit sort of not willing to accommodate those kind of considerations into the way that they act are, are, are you know, are, are connected with. Um, you think that's something that, that Mental Health United could do um, in terms of, not necessarily just with, 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 with coaches, but do you think that is that something you're trying to do um, with the players that come on board, instructing them about mental health things, mental health awareness, um, showing them how they could help other people? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier our partnership with Grassroots and like one of the there's a couple of things which I'm planning to do like um so as we organize um charity matches or some of our sessions um grassroots have been kind enough to offer to send a rep down who will come and talk to the players about the projects and offer them leaflets materials etc just to make them aware that signposts exist um so yeah and then grassroots have also offered um essentially like group training sessions so when I first contacted them they sent me on one of their suicide awareness courses um which i thought was fantastic and they said if we have collections of like 10 people then they can deliver that same training session which was about half a day it was like three or four hour session just in a conversational environment and that's certainly something which i'll be offering players going forward because i think it's good for us all to be on the same wavelength um in terms of at a league level i'm hoping that 
as we play charity matches against other local clubs, they will be become more interested of like, oh, what is this about? And we can share that same kind of resource. Is your hope then that you will enter a league could be more than just a charity team that you will be a competitive team at, at, at some point or is it is that not really part of your your ambition that there's you know there's there's more to this than what you're doing than, than being a in traditional terms a successful football club there's kind of let's see where let's see where it goes there's like for me certainly the way i've been approaching it is like let's walk before we can run mm. like let's get some sessions where we are getting 20 people turning up and we're able to offer them completely free of charge because we've got a sponsor on board who can help us with that. That's certainly like the next six months of where I would like to, to take that. If, if there's a desire to be playing competitive football, then arrange friendlies and go down that route. Maybe, maybe in six months, a year, 18 months, like so maybe we're looking, actually looking at like the 2022 season. Every time I kind of move on to my next thought someone else drops in go I, I someone drops in another sort of avenue that we can go down like so it's like oh is this for, is this for teenagers it would be great if you can do that for teenagers is this for oh are you going to do walking football sessions um are, are you going to do women's women's sessions for this so it's like actually like, I could probably absolutely ram my time just running community sessions for all of those demographics I think the longer term vision is there's there's a charity called Sands, which is for children who unfortunately passed away. And the team is a collection of fathers who unfortunately have had to suffer through that. And that's kind of one of the ways that I explored into this. And they have teams all over the country and it's a pretty incredible project. So they have Sands Brighton, Sands Manchester, Sands, you name a town and, and they kind of exist. Like that would be like the ultimate, like, wow, we've made a massive impact of this because there are 10 teams playing across the nation who are all under this umbrella brand. But that's certainly not the desire. What's encouraging for me there is that there are these people coming to you and, and asking for you to sort of uh, adapt what you're doing. I don't think your path has to be a set one. There's there's mm. very different ways you can go down to make this a success. So, you know, sitting here now and saying, oh, you know, in two years time, we want to be a successful football club that helps people out with their mental health a little bit. Doesn't, that doesn't necessarily have to be your goal. It can be, it could be we just want to be a, a, a network, a support network where we're offering as much support as possibly can to as many different people from as many different backgrounds, allowing them to improve their mental health through football, through communicating with people in the football environment. Because I think that you know the the fact that you have got people coming to you and giving you suggestions can only be a, an encouraging thing. I don't think there's any limitations on what you can do in terms of you know there's there's no set sort of pathway structure um so i think you're in a in a healthy position in that way in that there are lots of avenues you can go down um to to make this the the success that it potentially could be yeah and the, the reaction's incredibly positive like every time at the moment because the numbers are small enough that i can do this every time like a new player shows interest i, I make sure that there's some kind of personal outreach and they're like this is a wicked idea like let me know what i can do to help and people are like really really positive about it so I think it's an exciting, it's going to be an exciting six or six or seven months to see where we are. It's good to hear. Um, there's always sort of, um, just sort of thinking back to your, your partnership with the charity Grassroots. We've seen quite a lot in, in professional football, charity, mental health charities, um, connecting with governing bodies and leagues. And we've seen uh, governing bodies themselves promoting mental health initiatives. But there's always a sort of worry that these things are, are 
token gestures that they're, they're, they're words rather than actions. I think your example here is that you're sharing a message, but there's mm-hmm. actions to it as well. What more would you like to see? Not necessarily just from yourselves, but thinking more widely, what, what more do you think clubs could do to whether you want to take this as the grassroots or if you want to take this professionally? What more do you think football and clubs could do to ensure that it isn't just a message that's being spread, but some actions are being taken? I think it's becoming less of a token gesture, right? Everything everything starts with a gesture. The fact that there have been some campaigns is moving us a really long way. Like just talking about it is a good starting place. <laughs> um, because certainly when when I was a kid, I'm 35 now, so 20, 20, 25 years ago, it was like you get tackled and it'd be like man up, that kind of thing. And people, people are kind of shooting that down. We kind of touched upon can clubs, the FA, whoever be running more of these mental health first aid style courses? Like the, the FA have been great at reaching out to me, but it it's across the board at grassroots level. And Premier League clubs, championship clubs need to be thinking about this. Like, how can we, outside of the brackets of running as Manchester United or Liverpool or Brighton, how can we be getting more people just playing football? Like, I've spoken to a few other charity teams and pitch hire is like insane like it's it's really like can, can we get more pitches available to people and i know the government have just announced they're putting more into grassroots and the like money is going to filter down but when we're looking at pitches being 60 to 90 pounds for an hour to do that on a weekly basis at a charity level it is is difficult um so we we just need more access to facilities generally like across the board and I think that, you know, there's there's no denying that playing football, playing sport is good for your mental health. And, yeah. you know, making sure there's the pathways there that it's accessible can only be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And 100 percent. And I think that the difference of like the level of engagement of people who are going to come down if it's three or four pounds a session versus like, look, come along, bring a friend who might have been having a hard time. Doesn't cost you anything. All you've got to do is turn up and bring your boots like that's so much easier and at the moment the only way we can do that is wait for some more daylight so we can play in the evenings down local parks um but what do what do we do when winter then comes around like tell those people like sorry this can't happen yeah and i think as well with that if you are just kind of inviting people down to a local park to play that you you lose the sort of the the format the formal aspect of it where Mm -hmm. you know i think you do with, with something like this you do need to have some degree of showing that you know there is some structure to what you're doing that it is uh, approved in some sort of way that you are you it's it's not just come down to a field and have a kick about so i think that having the access to, to facilities and having access to, to to proper pitches is something that's going to be really beneficial for you and uh, mm. like you say yeah, fingers crossed you do get some degree of sponsorship and whatever to, to allow you to make it more accessible on a, a more sort of formal scale yeah and uh... I think stealing like a therapy type term, right, is creating a safe space. Like there's something about going to a very, going through a soccer centre where there's like a nice reception and then going into like a fenced off pitch, et cetera. Like it, there's a slight different feel about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I just wanted to um, wrap up by asking a, a nice wide open question for you. Mm-hmm. Where do you see this project in we'll go first for in one year's time and where do you see it in five years time um so so in one year's time i anticipate that we will be running 
weekly, maybe even a couple of weekly sessions, maybe for one or two age groups. That's certainly where I'd like to be. And playing a charity match at least once a month or an awareness match, just so kind of that is all getting pulled together. Five years, I would love to see this with a team of people working behind it um, and being able to put on like or probably even daily sessions going into schools and helping raise some awareness around this, like um, running afternoon sessions for teenagers, evening sessions for adults, weekend sessions, like just wherever we can, and then offering as much support as possible. The, the other part of like the five-year plan would be having direct access to mental health support. So if we have a player who is having a bit of a crisis and really needs that support, like they don't have to worry about going on an NHS waiting list or finding 50, 60 pounds for a one hour therapy session. Like, can we get them access to something straight away the next day? Um, like that, that would be incredible. Mm, mm, definitely. And I think that people would be definitely, if they knew that they, if they could be part of this, this project, be part of this football club and there was a direct avenue for support if they needed it, they'd be very much willing to be a part of it. I think that that is, I don't think that's an impossible dream to have. I think it's a very nice idea to have. And I think it's something that's, that's definitely achievable. And I think what's also nice is you said right at the start that we've not really sort of dug deeper into is that you're not the only project like this. There are a lot of clubs mm -hmm. across the country that are, are doing this. And if you're working together, then don't see a reason why those sort of ideals can't become come to fruition. I, I don't see why you can't have these sort of clubs where there is, a direct route to support available um mm. just finally um if people want to know a little bit more about what you're doing um how can they get in contact with you uh, can they find yeah. out more about mental so health united so the easiest and most notable way is um visit mentalhealthunited.co.uk um there's a newsletter that you can sign up to there which just sends a little bit of information and that links to the rest of our social channels um if you want to follow us on twitter it's at mental health utd this shortened version of United and on Facebook search for Mental Health United. But like I said, if you want an easy way to find all that, go to mentalhealthunited.co.uk. Excellent. I'll put all of those links in the description of this podcast. Tim, thank you very much for giving up your time. Uh, really interesting. And it's fantastic to hear that these sort of um, projects are, are being done um, and that you're really keen to promote it and make it as successful as it can be. And I'm sure that I mean, I'm sure you've already helped a few people and I'm sure in the future you're going to be helping a lot more. Uh, so congratulations on what you've done so far and good luck with it for the future. Fantastic. Thanks for having us, Carl. I hope you've enjoyed listening to something a little bit different to what's previously been heard in this podcast. These episodes might not be as frequent as the main ones and they'll continue to be out every Monday. In the meantime, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WorldBallingPod. Follow me at K underscore Andrews Photos. Keep safe. Keep well and keep talking about mental health.